You're listening to the Mondays with Midger podcast, founder and CEO of Legal Leadership, a company specialising in the leadership training and coaching of lawyers. Get set to jumpstart your week with a shot of mojo as Midger and her guests talk all things life, love and leadership. Hey, it's Monday and I'm Midja and welcome to the podcast all about life, love and leadership. And today in the studio, I have with me Beck Davis from Revolution Creative. So a big welcome to Beck for joining me. Thanks for having me, Midja. I'm so excited. Excellent. All righty, let's, let's kick off now. Of course, before my guests come on the podcast, I Googled them. Um, and so I Googled you, found out lots She's, she's looking very nervous here in the studio. Um, but tell me something about you that I wouldn't learn on the net, that I wouldn't learn by Googling you. Well, this is probably my first career that I ever had. So when I was at university, I was actually a busker. And that's oh how I goodness. made my money. Um, I also worked in retail too, but I used to busk at the markets in Brisbane. Doing, um, doing what? Playing what my guitar the, okay. and singing. And yeah. It was fun. It was good. Didn't take off as a professional career, unfortunately. <laughs> but hey, you're very brave telling us that you're a bit of a singer. You could have brought the guitar in and uh, oh, given no. us a number. I don't. I I haven't played for years. <laughs> Gave it away when I got a real job. <laughs> right. Okay. So paid the bills back then. Yep. It was fun. Love yes. that. Love that. Maybe you could um, you could use some of the, I don't know, like in your TikTok channel or something like that for the for the new business. Yeah, I don't have a TikTok channel yet. I'm I'm not brave enough for that yet, but this is my first step, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. TikTok's yeah, next. Coming. Um, so tell us a little bit about your business, Beck. Put a little bit of perspective around our chat today on leadership. Yeah, so um, Revolution Creative Group, um, I started uh, just over two years ago, perhaps a week before the pandemic really hit us. Um, and we're an integrated marketing agency. I have a team of about 12 um, full t- like full-time staff mm-hmm. um, and a couple of other contractors. We do a lot of different work um, in, I guess, the marketing realm, if you like. So we do everything from websites um, through to digital marketing, also um, design and all that kind of stuff. And we also do PR as well, which um, we're just kind of moving away from Revolution into Zephyr PR as a separate standalone business okay. for that too. So being a leader... Um, I don't know. I think when I started Revolution, I wasn't really planning on being a leader. I was just kind of doing my thing and trying to do it my way as opposed mm-hmm. to working for um, someone else. Um, and I've learned a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. Yeah. So um, tell me about your first leadership role. So in your career, when if we, talk, if we kind of frame it in so far as like uh, people leadership, and having people reporting in or that, that responsibility piece for people and their performance, first leadership role? Yeah, I think probably um, my first real leadership role was at Southport Sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started there, um, I'd just gotten back from working in Auckland for another company, which was still a leadership role, but perhaps not as many people um, reporting into me. Um, and at Sharks, I don't know how familiar you are with the business, but um, they're a very dynamic business and... You know, in the marketing department, we had a lot of things to look after, which meant a lot of, um, I guess, management of people at different levels as well, whether they were juniors or they were kind of mid-tier. Um, and I probably was not a great leader when I first started out. I, You know, I just, you know, you don't – there's a lot of, I think, a lot of ego involved at first. 
and it takes you until you mature a bit more to realise that perhaps maybe that things that you've done um, could have been done in a better way. So, but I learned a lot and like Sharks was definitely, it was a big role. It was, I still look back on it and think that working at Sharks was one of my best jobs ever. Yeah. And um, just, I was there for five years and it was in, you know, during the refurb and lots of change and also um, with the patron partnership with the Gold Coast Suns and bringing on the 11th AFL team um, and into the Gold Coast. So yeah, it was a really exciting, fun role. It was challenging and people management um, was a big part of it because we had a lot to get done. Right, yeah, it's a it's a big operation. Mm. Um, I've spent a a lot of weekends at the Sun. So my ex husband, um, I mean at the Sharks, my ex husband he played for Morningside in Brisbane, uh, but of course in the same league as yep. the Sharks. So we would come down and I'd watch him play. And then my eighteen year old son played at Sharks, and now my ten year old plays oh. AFL at Sharks. So yes. Spent many a day <laughs> on the ov- the back ovals and yep. the main ovals sitting there. Hopefully you're up at the cabana bar just overlooking, right? <laughs> well, I'd like to be. Maybe that's maybe this year. He's yeah. 10 now. I figure I can just see him, watch him Sneak from the off. bar. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Um, and so talk to me a little bit more around this concept of like letting the ego go. And, and, and sometimes uh, the mistake I think that – all the learning that a lot of leaders can get from that, particularly when we think that that leadership role is all about us mm. as the leader. Talk to me about that. Yeah, look, you're rarely the villain in your own story, right? So, yep. and um, and I guess you know I was probably in my mid to sort of yeah, mid twenties, about twenty twenty six, twenty seven, maybe when I um, got into that full role, uh, full swing of that role, and. I think, you know, that ego piece, it's not necessarily because you're ego-driven and you're doing things wrong, but you do think everything is about you and everything's on you and, and, and you know, that whole saying there's no I in team is really um, is really important there because you just think, oh, everything is on me, the weight of everything is on me. If I don't, I'm a perfectionist as well, which does not help. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you put all of this pressure on yourself and then that is um, then pushed on to the people that are working around you within that team. Um, and, look... And there were some moments um, within the team that I had where I, you know, they and they called me out on it. And, mm. you know, it was pretty confronting at first. And like I said, you're rarely the villain in your own story, right, until someone points out what you are doing. And there was nothing that had sort of dire consequences because I guess I got pulled up um, pretty quickly at first. Um, and then I learnt from it and I tried to adapt. Over the years, I think I've become a much better leader um, and I've been so fortunate throughout my career to have the most amazing leaders um, from, you know, from Dean Botel at Sharks and Dara um, and then also, you know, moving on from there, Rebecca Frizzell. Like, and, you know, mm. I was lucky enough to be able to be mentored, you know, personally and professionally by these, by these people who are great leaders themselves, mm-hmm. um, which obviously helped me a lot. But when I was starting out, I probably was, yeah, I was probably a little bit um, out at sea in terms of what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. Um, I think most people can – I mean, that's the, the learning piece um, and it sounds as though like that five years at the Sharks was that time where you, you learnt so much and you grew and you made mistakes but you learnt from them. Yeah. And also fantastic that I love that people pulled you up and gave you the feedback. I mean, for me, you've, you've got to build trust in order for that to happen because, you know, I work with some leaders who are quite established – in their careers, and they haven't received a lot of feedback, 
and sometimes they get it very late in the day and it's stuff they've been doing their whole careers. Mm. And they're like, do people really think that of me, Midge? I'm like, I think so because they put it in the feedback. So I think when you're open to feedback and people give it to you, then you've built enough trust up yeah. for that to happen. Yeah, and I really think in being a leader, like self-awareness is key as well and that mm. and that kind of plays into that whole piece. Like if you can be self – if you have to be pulled up – and then you can be self-aware about what you are doing and what you can improve on. That's the only way you're going to um, improve what you are doing if you do have that ability to look back and go like, oh, okay, yeah, that was probably <coughs> not the right way to approach that um, or talk to that person that way or, you know, or whatever it might have been. Yeah, that different perspective, that, that space and to be able to, yeah, step away from yourself and, and the ego and all of that and be a little bit of an observer in your own leadership role um, and to also, I think, have the courage to ask for feedback, you know, to go, hey, I'm open for this. This is what I'm working on. If you could give me some feedback on that, that would be really great. And that can be terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so tell me about because you mentioned some great leaders there, some great mentors uh, that you've had. Um, tell me about some of their leadership traits and, and how they got the best out of you and, and maybe what you've taken from them now that you're leading quite a large team in your own business. Yeah, I think, um, I think one of the key things that I learned from all of them and like some was that they, they actually got to know me really well and therefore that they then adapted their leadership style to get the best out of me in terms of, you know, you can ask Rebecca Frizzell, she'll tell you I'm one of the most stubborn people she's ever met in her life and if I don't want to do something, I'm not going to do it. I'll just pretend it doesn't exist. Yep. Um, but she learnt that very quickly with me and, um, and you know, and and I guess I learnt how to adapt to like, no, you've got to do you've got to do it but there's a different way of handling it if you don't want to do something um which I then now you know I get that from my team as well um you know I've had um you know there's a few people that have avoidance issues if they don't want to do things they don't believe in what they're doing whether or not it's a client directive and they'll actually take a sick day and I'll know exactly why they're taking a sick day Mm -hmm. um but that's just one instance and I think also you know um I I know that I'm a bit of um right and left um, brain so I'm creative but I'm also you know the other side in terms of the stats and the numbers and the reporting piece mm-hmm. as well so um, and they which you know is not unusual in our industry um, but I was always allowed you know the leaders that I had it always allowed me to kind of push and pull if that makes sense in, in terms of their leadership styles which I think then has but it was again because they really got they knew who I was mm-hmm. Um, and that just is a testament to how great a leaders they are as well. So yeah. absolutely, and you know, like you know, so often, sometimes I'm called in to teams or to run programs, and um, you know, the leaders like, I, I want, please change them, <laughs> please come in, work some magic, and change the team because I want this, this, and this. Um, and it's so interesting as we kind of embark on that ride that uh, subtly talking with that leader around maybe (laughs) some change on their behalf or that adaptability uh, to be able to get the best out of people. Um, 
and to know your people, to know them well, to know how to get the best out of them, and that's adapting your leadership style uh, to that particular to that particular person, that particular situation. Yeah, and I and I kind of think that in leadership, obviously, there's you know there's a whole heap of practical advice in terms mm. of what you can do, but it, it really is dependent on you know on the team that you're leading and the individuals involved and and it is you have to adapt all the time and duck and weave and 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 do everything to try and get it right and it doesn't work for everyone mm. some people are um really hard to lead or they don't want to be led and and that's when they're not the right fit for your culture yeah absolutely and creating a team where yeah you've got that synergy mm. and sometimes team members talk to me about their leader and can be uh, can just uh, feel like they're not getting anywhere in the organisation, or they don't have a great relationship with their leader. And sometimes I go, well, okay, we we can work on that, and we can try and help uh, this person to see you differently. Um, maybe a bit around that marketing and that brand space that you do. Sort of, let's work on your PR within the organisation to see if we can shift that. But also maybe I say there comes a time where maybe this organisation and this leader is not for you. And if they can't see your magic and they don't value that, that's okay because another leader and another organisation is going to see that. So um, I think, yeah, there's things you can do, but then there's ultimately that choice around, hang on, if I'm not valued here, if they can't see this, then move you're not a tree, as I say. Yeah. You and can move people. Yeah. And I think the same goes for the organisation side as well. Like you need to acknowledge sometimes sometimes if people aren't the right fit mm. um, in terms of your leadership style and, and what yep. you are doing. And, you know, and it's happened to me a few times only in the past few years where I've had to accept that actually like it's like we're breaking up. <laughs> it's, not, it's not you. It's, it's kind of both of us. We just don't fit together. Yep. And what do you think, Beck? It's always an interesting one around – you know, when we're looking for people to join our teams, when we're hiring, when we're recruiting, and then a few months on we go, oops-a-daisy. Yeah. Um, what have you learned about you know, recruiting and hiring and, and what are you looking for in that space? Mm. It might be different different roles, but I suppose yeah. just for your organisation. Yeah, look, I, I think you need buy-in. You need someone to be able to buy into what your vision is mm-hmm. for the business and the main thing as well is, you know, when you are hiring someone, you're in that process, you can get that buy-in, but you have to live up to creating that vision as well. So you can't kind of sell the sizzle and then they get there and they go like, well, this isn't what I signed up for. I thought we were going to do all this amazing stuff. So I think it's a two-way street in that respect. Um, but I really look for people that I connect with personally, like in terms of I'm a, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve mm-hmm. and there's not much that people don't know about me because either I've had too many wines and I've told them my whole life story <laughs> or um, I just say what I think, whether it's appropriate or slightly inappropriate. Um, always polite and kind, but mm-hmm. but um, I want, you know, I think our business needs to be kind of surrounded with people that are on that same kind of level um, yes. and appreciate uh, the openness of what we have going on in our organisation so we, that we can kick goals together. Um, I'm not interested in, um, you know, drive being a slave driver and having everyone in there and kind of ticking the boxes and leaving at five o'clock because I don't think it's as easy as that. Mm. Um, we work in a really disruptive industry, which means we always have to be um, thinking on our feet and changing and adapting. So whatever we started out 
doing sometimes is not how it ends. <laughs> so, yes. um, and it's not because it's just because things change and better um, solutions come up along the way, and we work with our clients to do that. So, you need people who can have that flexibility within their working style as well, because there are people who don't they're not suited to agency because they're not able to to have that flex in in what they are doing on a day to day, and and it is it can be exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, but really for us, the culture fit is being able to buy into that whole vision of what we are trying to create for us as a business, but also what we're delivering to our clients. Yes. And that that, that right fit work environment and work style and, yeah, certainly sometimes I know even running your own business and that is, is certainly not for everyone and um, I think some... That, I think that every day. Yeah. <laughs> I know my sister and I my sister's in business as well and um we use like the little emojis like we use emojis all the time to say like how our day is going in business and it can be like either yes we have this we are like buses and then the next day like why am I doing this um yeah it's a roller coaster it's a roller coaster um but and, and certainly you know people that I work with and that work in the business They've got to be on the same page, mm. so that's got to be a that's got to be an okay fit for you. Mm. You've got to be excited about okay, maybe what I said a few days ago. We're shifting on this, and now next week we're not sure what's going to happen next week, but this might happen. And yeah. and if that is not doesn't sit well with you, mm. then it's yeah. not the right role. Yeah, and I want people to feel happy and fulfilled in what they're doing because mm. there's nothing worse than miserable people because you know misery creates misery. Yeah. Um, and so and it's not that everyone has to, you know, you do have those days, like you said, that you just want to chuck in the bin, like yes. see ya, never want to see you again. But then you have those great days when you're like, I am winning. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think it goes with any job really and any team. Mm. So what are you working on as a leader right now for you? What's, um, what are you working on yeah. that space? So in terms of me, there's things that I accept that I'm really not great at. So I'm really not great at process um, and being in a, you know, a small business, it's, it's hard. And as we're growing, um, we're continuously growing. We, we have probably less staff than we had 12 months ago, but um, we've got more senior staff and like a better staff mix. But it means that there's so much organisation, you know, that we have to go into sort of workflow and it's all the micro stuff. I'm terrible at micro. Mm-hmm. I'm a macro person. And I can stand back and look at things and look at from A to Z and and figure out all of the things that go in between. But ask me to get any further than, you know, what the actual um, area is, then I'll go, no, like, no, that's (laughs) – sorry, too much. Too much information. Someone work (laughs) that out and get back to me on that. And I have a great team um, of um, account directors and managers that do that that piece, that micro piece. But – What's become apparent to me is I need to be better at it. I need, to, I really need to, even though I'm not great at it, I need to still um, try and be better at it. Yeah, because I was going to ask you about leadership in, in particular in in the more creative or dynamic kind of space um, and what that looks like, you know, when you're leading a team in that space versus, I don't know, maybe a more um, traditional business or or industry. Mm. Um, what do you think the difference is there? Yeah, look, I think the difference is that, um, you know, when you have a, you know, a creative team um, or an expert team of people, mm-hmm. um, they're all, and the way that our business is, everybody is kind of in their own little 
expert pods, if you like, and they're all they are experts. Like I am not a web developer, I am not a Google Ads expert, mm-hmm. so I am none of those things. Um, so it's about, um, I guess, leading people to their strengths, yes, and then encouraging them to be the leader in in their spaces without stepping in and making it the Beck show. Or mm. and and I try really hard. I always say to my team, you guys are here because you're exceptional at what you do. Yep. So let's um, – so it's not the Beck show. Don't expect me to come up with all the ideas. You come back to me with what you think and then we'll workshop it out. And and we've got a really good process around that now. For a while there, um, it w- it was the Beck show and I, you know, was always mm-hmm. – but, but that was because I felt compelled to do so. But now we've got such a great team. Everyone is really – um, empowered to be doing that for themselves so I think it's a nice balance but it's almost this like area where you can't go too far and not step in as a leader so there's got to be this kind of overlap piece which is what I am working on refining at the moment just so that people feel supported because if you I guess if you give people too much then they feel probably more pressurized yes in terms of thinking oh it's only me here and um, so it's a bit of a balancing act mm. And sometimes, you know, the makeup of the team, where their confidence is at, the different um, projects that are on, like the amount of direction or like it has to change, you know, almost like it's just a fluid thing. Alley. (laughs) Yeah, that has to keep changing. Um, And so that can be, that can be tough to lead. Yeah. that's hopefully that's why I'm never out of a job, Beck. Is because when you get this leadership stuff right, well, maybe never. Um, and that's why there's thousands of books on leadership and different styles and tools and techniques and all of that. Um, because I think it is such a it's you know you've got to create that style and learn and it depends on the team and the time of day and. Mm. And all of that. Yeah. And I think it's also accepting like I'm not perfect or, you know, if you're a leader, you're not necessarily perfect. The team's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. We're all human. Mm. And then, um, you know, if we make mistakes in how we're leading or if the team, you know, makes mistakes, um, I always say to them, look, we're not saving lives here. Let's um, move on, Uh find a solution and then, you know, keep going from there. And I think that goes for in a leadership role as well. Like I'll always admit to my team if I'm, have been a bit terrible um and I could have done something better mm-hmm. I don't know if they accept that or not yep. <laughs> no one's ever said like oh thanks but um I do it anyway yeah tell me about the perfectionist nature and perfectionism and leadership and yeah. it's what it can do yeah it's uh it's terrible in terms of you know for a long time my you know being a perfectionist held me up from making any progress on anything like even starting a business, um, um, it also, you know, it, it creates that self-doubt um, within you as well because you're continuously striving to reach something that's actually not possible. Yep. Um, and and that can then be also pushed onto your team as well. If um, And I think probably, you know, thinking back all the way back, you know, even to my first job at Sharks, probably that was a part, big part of it as well, mm. um, that trying to be a perfectionist and trying to do everything perfect but then pushing that onto the team. I'm getting better, um, whether it's um, by design or not is another thing. I probably just don't have time to be a perfectionist. Yes, um, too many balls in the air now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and you know, and I used to like part of that perfectionist 
being a perfectionist was also worrying all the time about what other people think. Mm. Like that's what keeps used to keep me up at night, like rocking in the corner. What what are they going to say if I don't do this right? What if what if I fail? And um, I mean, I've failed plenty of times now, and I'm still here. So, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, asking yourself what's the what's the worst thing that can happen uh, here if I make a mistake or. You know, I was, I was in a workshop last week and we were talking a lot around, um, you know, inner cheerleader versus inner critic mm-hmm. and something that often comes up with that, that critic piece is, yeah, what will people think of me, mm-hmm. you know? So what will people think? Um, and it's just, it's debilitating because it kind of, it stops us from exploring and being creative and doing something and seeing if it works or not. If it doesn't work, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Next. Yeah. Now just do it. <laughs> Ask questions later. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Just do it. So if we think about – and I know we started off with this, um, so maybe there's no more confession around this, but we do have a segment around the leader shit on the podcast. Um Anything to add to that, Beck? I know we started off our conversation with your time at the Sharks and, you know, that that initial kind of leadership role um, and some feedback you've received then. Yeah. Look, I think really, um, you know, there's there's been lots of leadership um, moments, um, less lately. But um, I think really, you know, I remember once I lost a really great team member when I was at Frizzell's and it was all... It was just, it was over nothing. It was over like a, I can't even remember what it was now. It was a very small request that I, you know, I said, no, we can't do that. Mm. And, she, and she left. And I've always thought to myself, why are you so petty? Like it was mm. just, it was more about me, you know, um, in my position. And I don't, I don't even know now. Like I think it was just, it was just a silly, silly mm. like thing. Um, but I've always, this one sort of staff member that I've always kicked myself about. Yes. Um, so I'm sure she's off doing amazing things now, but I've just, yeah, it kept, it kept me up for a long time thinking like, why? Why? Yeah. But anyway. They haunt you. But I've got yeah. a few, I've got a few legal clients that haunt me where I blew my top and, and things just went really hmm. badly with particular clients. And uh, yeah, I remember those clients' names. Um, and sometimes I think, I find this with even my kids sometimes, like, I don't think some of the things are really important. Like I think they're small things, mm. but to them they're really big things. Mm. And sometimes like that in the workplace, you know, someone requesting something or doing whatever and for them it's a it's a big deal mm. um, and we can underestimate that or we can yeah. be thinking of ourselves or whatever it is, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's exactly it in this mm-hmm. case. It was just it was something that I overlooked and didn't think was that big a deal. So, anyway, live and learn, right? That's what we're doing, Beck. We're living and learning. It's so much fun. Um, now, Beck, we kind of, uh, I suppose, cross paths uh, around future females and at, at events. Um, tell me about your involvement with future females and what it's about in case you know people listening yeah. don't know about it and how can they yeah. get involved? Yeah, so future females, um, so recently... Um, Tash, my business partner and I, we actually acquired the rights for Australia um, and New Zealand for future females because as you might know, Mija, it's 
headquartered out of South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it's all started. It is in 36 countries globally. Um, but really, Future Females is about empowering entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs um, and equipping them with the skills and the knowledge that they need to take their businesses and brands to the next level. So whether or not... Um, I think there's a lot of small business networking events and things like that, but with Future Females, our key focus... Whilst we're not, um, you know, we definitely aren't against having men involved and you would know yourself that we have plenty of um, men that attend our events um, and speak at our events as well. It's more about um, really, I guess, driving females to be leaders in business, um, whether that's, you know, as in their own business or within their working environment. Um, So we have our monthly uh, networking events and then outside of that we have, um, we're just about to roll out a lot of um, sort of online resources as well as well as a mentorship program too so and Brisbane so Gold Coast um, has been up and running thanks to Tash since 2020 so throughout that whole pandemic she persevered and you know created this fantastic brand with these loyal followers Mm -hmm. Um, next week we've got our first event in Brisbane um, which is pretty exciting and scary all at the same time um, because it's kind of doing it all again but in a much um, I guess busier environment in Brisbane there's lots of other events happening at the same time and is there others around Australia as well um so we're rolling them out okay. so Brisbane Fantastic. and then Sydney is in May mm-hmm. and then we'll be off to Melbourne after that and Adelaide and and everywhere else so um we're kind just of something to add to the plate back yeah but look it's such it's just such a great um ethos and 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 model and it's mm-hmm. not and, you know, there's a lot of um, female networking businesses out there that exist, but I think sort of the key difference is um, with Future Females is that it's really um, that, that empowerment piece is so strong and it's, mm-hmm. um, and it's for businesses of any size and, and, and no matter if you're, like, working in a marketing manager role with a company, like, you know, you're the company you work for, they need people like you to help build their business, right? So, um, so it's about looking at, um, you know, learning different insights from speakers. So, you know, coming up soon we've got one about brand, then we've got one about leadership in Brisbane. So they're really on key topics um, within that realm. Yeah, I love it. People people often ask me about events. People think I only go to events. That's what I do. I'm like, I know I, I work as well, but I do love to go to events. Um, I love getting out and about and people ask me about them and Future Females always top of my list. So it's like if you're looking for um, just to to meet great people and um, I just think the the culture, the vibe, the the, the people there, it's it's just a great great event. I tell lots of people about it. So it's great to hear. Thank good you. on you and Tash. <laughs> yeah, love that. Love that. Um, this is a podcast about life, love, and leadership. Because, Beck, I'm on a bit of a mission to find big love. Mm. Tell me, Beck, get well, any advice for me in this, in this area? What can you tell me? Look, I, uh, it's been a while since I've um, been looking for love myself, but I think... It's very, you're very lucky, Beck. <laughs> Sometimes. It's a jungle out Some there. Days. Jungle. <laughs> um, look, I think that... Um, like attracts like in terms of you know having that big personality and that out there you're so vibrant Midja so anyone um that was gonna you know take that on would have to be able to match you being vibrant and there's definitely um someone out there 
like probably many men out there like that for you. Right. Um, we just have so, to steer them in the right direction, Beck. Yeah. So I think though, um, you know, like the dating game and my limited knowledge of it because, you know, mine involved getting drunk and then marrying the guy and I've been with him for 20 years. So um, <laughs> I like that plan. <laughs> um, well, yeah, go get drunk now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> go get drunk <laughs> at um yeah no I think I just think it's about being yourself mm. and um and maybe it's about focusing a little less on it and it will just yeah. come along yeah absolutely so I I go through like you know the peaks and troughs of dating where I sort of go no have an action plan and go on so many dates. It's about the data. It's all about the numbers, Midge. It's about the numbers. And then I do the old, then I'll do a year of, no, let it go and love will come to you. So I do. I go through different periods, um, but I am, I'm a bit woo-woo. You know, we'll, we're going to do the cards soon. So I, do, I am a bit woo-woo and I kind of think that at the right time, when it's when it's right, when my focus and some time and attention can be on that, that it'll come. Yeah, and uh, I think it's fine to be a bit woo woo about it. Like you know, mm-hmm. the universe works in mysterious ways, right? It does, Beck. Just never know what's around the corner. I love that. Mm-hmm. Never know what's around the corner. Woo woo time uh, is uh, our little um, life cards here. Now I've got two packs today, Beck, for you to choose from, where you get your message from the universe. I have trust your crazy ideas and I have dream. Which card do you want to pick from? Oh, I think box? I'm going to go with dream. Oh, let's go with Sounds dream. a bit more woo-woo. All righty. Uh, well, you can pick one out of the box, whatever sort of feels right to you. I know. It's cold my eyes. I know. Okay. Right, there we go. You can open that up. It's just like a little tear thing that you open up. Let's see what it says. Fate loves the fearless. <gasps> wow. Dun, 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 <laughs> Love it. <laughs> That's your message, Beck. It's been wonderful to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. It's been great for the it. chat. Now, where can people find you, connect with you? Yeah, sure. People can find me um, on LinkedIn or if you want to check out Revolution, revolutioncreative.com.au. And, yeah, see what we do. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Beck. Great to have you on the podcast. Uh, I'm Midger. I hope you have a great week. Get out there and sprinkle your magic and your mojo all over the place. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank God it's Monday. We trust you enjoyed this episode of the Mondays with Midger podcast. Host Midger Fisher is a leadership expert, keynote speaker, coach and facilitator. To find out more about Midger, visit midja.com.au or follow her on Instagram, Midger Fisher. And make sure you subscribe, share and leave a review.